0: This is Live On Purpose Radio, episode 549, Recovery On Purpose with Arlene J. Sherman. Now is the only time to create and live the life you love. I'm Dr. Paul Jenkins the positivity psychologist. My job is to connect you to powerful positive psychology principles that immediately upgrade your relationships, business, and mental health. Are you ready? Let's jump in. Hello everybody, welcome back to Live On Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul the shrink who expands your life with another episode of Live On Purpose Radio. I get to expand your life today with a new friend and colleague that was introduced to me by one of our members at Live On Purpose Central. This is Arlene J. Sherman. She is a certified hypnotherapist. She also works as a recovery coach and has been doing this successfully for the past couple of decades. I'm excited to welcome you to Live On Purpose Radio, Arlene.
1: Thank you. I'm very pleased to be here.
0: I have a question for you as we get started. Because as I was reading your book, now you've got a couple of books. I've got in front of me the real dope on addiction and recovery. Right. And then kind of a follow-up volume to that is I Am Your Recovery Coach. And both of these books contain principles that we talk about all the time here at Live On Purpose Radio. Shouldn't be a surprise to anyone because I've found through my career, and I'm guessing you have as well, that it's not magic. It's not luck. There are principles that drive success, whether we're talking about recovery and addiction or relationships or mental health or whatever it is so my question to you is how did you get turned on to this particular calling of yours to to improve the world through your work that you're doing in recovery tell us the at least the brief story about that
1: okay okay I, I moved to Wellington, Florida. When I got here, I decided I was going to try to find an office space to share with somebody. And I walked into a place called Wellington Counseling. And um, I asked that question of the receptionist. And she said to me, what do you do? And I said, I'm a hypnotherapist. And she said, we're looking for a hypnotherapist. Now, Dr. Paul, no company really? is looking for a hypnotherapist <laughs> individual, <laughs> yes. but a whole company? No. So she said, "Um, let me see if uh, the owner, Cassandra, is available. Maybe she'll give you a few minutes, which she did. And during my meeting with her talking about hypnotherapy, the receptionist came back in and said that the group facilitator couldn't make it into work. So Cassandra said to me, can you do a group facilitation on stress management? And I always say yes. Because it's good <laughs> enough to find out, but no, I can't. But if you say no, I can't. You're dead in the water. So yeah. she takes me into this room. There are about twenty people sitting in there, and I just have this wonderful thing going on with them, and, and they're very engaged and this and that and that and this. Long story short, at the end, Cassandra says to me, "We've never had addicts respond like this." And I said, "Who? who what? What do you mean? Who, these are what, addicts?
0: What addicts?
1: Yeah." I'm a complete dork. I know nothing. And I thought to myself, I have a very bad view of what an addict is, if these people are addicts. These are young people who I just got them involved in using their imagination, which they've never done because the only thing they think about is where can they get their next hit. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I just felt like I can maybe make a difference. And not only we can get rid of the maybe, I've had the incredible thrill of people actually saying to me, you saved my life. Mm -hmm. Sound completely bonkers right now, but the pun is it became intoxicating to me that I could. Maybe I could. So I started being a regular group facilitator. I made them use their imagination. I showed them that they need to think about how they think. This is a thing yes. kind of people do not acknowledge is even something to to think about. And I did many things with them that allowed them for the first time in their lives to project Through their imagination, what could be? And I would ask them, describe to me you one year from today. Let me, let me tell me what you were wearing. Where were you? What do you blah 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 blah? And it just became a very interactive group that people looked forward to coming in. And then I would talk on a topic, and then people would ask me, do you have a copy of that? Or after a while, they would say, you you should write a book. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to write a book. So the first chapter in my first book was something that you say all the time. And the name of it was thinking about how you think. And Judy right. my friend said to me, I'm telling you, the two of you are twins separated at birth. And, <laughs> well, and then I started reading your stuff because Judy said that to me. And yes. I... And, and and I was reading your stuff and I was like, oh my gosh, oh my God, listen to this guy. I mean this this guy knows what to say to people you have probably saved lives and you don't even know it, you know because yeah it's,
0: it's unbelievable actually it, it's humbling, isn't it Arlene okay. when when you see the impact that it can have and yes, Yes. I know of lives. I know names of people whose lives were saved. And there are countless others that I'm sure that I don't know.
1: How that
0: have been touched by these principles. And I love that you mentioned this because in your first book, The Real Dope on Addiction and Recovery. Chapter One, Thinking About How You Think. I love that you start here, Arlene, because this is something that most people don't even realize. What's going on in their own mind, and either we drive our thoughts or our thoughts drive us. Well put. Yes. So, the, and I call this concept metacognition. Where make
1: up that terminology?
0: Yeah. No, this is a term that that goes around the industry a little bit. Cognition obviously is thinking. Right. Metacognition is a higher level. It's thinking about thinking. And this I is exactly how- where... What you're starting with, which is so key because metacognition creates a space. And in that space is where choice exists. Oh, Oh my gosh. Until we see it as a choice, it's not.
1: Right, exactly.
0: And that's why I think you have been so successful in your approach, because inviting people to tune in to what's actually going on between their ears Puts them in a position where they can actually start to choose what direction those
1: thoughts are going to go. I would also like to say that I would also teach in the group facilitating that I would do was that we're creatures of habit. And mm. habit is simply repetition, okay? You do something often enough and you go on autopilot, and now you're not thinking. Now you're just doing whatever you're whatever you're doing. So I give them things to start to program because we're mm-hmm. programmable. Okay. So I make them swear, you know, blood oath. I mean, I'm not kidding around here. I need you to say to yourself in your brain, eight, ten, twelve times a day. I need you to take a deep breath, and on the exhale, you can fit in two maybe three i need you to say i control me i control me i control me because if you start to have control that's when you can have choice so it's it's fun yeah. but it's important at the same time and i can get these kids that are sticking needles in their arm to envision what i call the future past so that 10 years from now mm. when you look back this today becomes the past, so we can create the future past, which I know sounds really goofy, but it's true. We're creating the past, so yes, yeah, and right
0: I, now, right, yeah, we are creating right, it, right, right, right now. I've, I I was doing a training recently, Arlene, where we were talking about forgiveness as giving up your demand for a better past. But you're putting a whole new spin on that now because this is the past in the future. So if you want a better past, how about you work on it right now?
1: Yes. And they enjoyed it. And when people are enjoying something, they're much, much more willing to try something that sounds a little goofy to them. So that's kind of yeah. what i what I do and um and talking about what you said I'm going to quote you, you said that we have an amazing that's the word you use an amazing ability to think about our thinking, and that really yeah. struck me that it really is an amazing ability that we can think about how we think and so I've been I'm in the beginnings of reading all of your stuff but so far we've been separated at birth you and I. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's
0: interesting isn't it because I think we were discussing earlier you know this is not magic it's not luck there are principles that determine all of life's outcomes. Yes. And as people embark on a journey, they discover these principles, either by accident or sometimes on purpose, but they discover the principles that actually determine the outcomes. And being aware of those principles changes everything. It's interesting to me that you and I Grew up in the same house with the same parents in the same... No, that was my other twin sister. (laughs) I do have a twin sister, by the way, Arlie.
1: You? Seriously?
0: Yes. Oh, my
1: God. Very funny.
0: But even if you do grow up in the same house with the same parents, you still have a different life experience. You have a different life journey. And if you're paying attention, you'll discover... The same principles that other people learn on their journey. And that's how we know that it's a principle. Yes. So you and I have discovered some of the same principles and we're out there applying them and seeing that it has a
1: powerful impact. For me, writing these books had nothing to do with selling them. Through the years, I kept publishing them and I gave them away. I have never sold. Mm one book in all these years and by giving them away i also discovered that a lot of the um, people in treatment sent my books to their loved one or parents or 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 whatever because Mm -hmm. there were things that i was able to say that they didn't have the ability to to say so Now, when Judy said to me that I I should have the privilege, and it truly is a privilege to meet you, it's now time for me to figure out how to get this to a wider audience. Mm. Believe it or not, every day, 300 people, 300 young people die from a drug overdose. And I promise you, if 300 people (sighs) a were dying in plane crashes, we'd be out in the streets screaming. But we're not. Right. It's not even mentioned. Three hundred people a day. Last year, one hundred and seven thousand. And we don't hear about this. We don't talk about this. And nobody has resources to go to. So I need to 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 figure out how to get this into bookstores and make a living while I'm doing it, which wouldn't be a bad thing either. <laughs> yeah. Because there is no, and I call this my recovery coach in a box. Mm-hmm. Everything in there is just, and it's a skinny book with very skinny chapters because my audience had no attention span.
0: Yes, it's it's very easily accessible.
1: Well, it had to be, otherwise I they, <laughs> right. I mean, they would look at a fat book, and they that would be the end of it. So, it was you very, know.
0: And Arlene, I I wasn't expecting to go this direction with you, but what you're talking about, as we introduce the concept of principle and principles determine all of life's outcomes. It's so fascinating to me that you discovered this particular niche of your practice on accident, basically, (laughs) you got put into facilitated group. You're like, what? What addicts? Right. You you weren't going in with the mindset of, okay, these are people who are struggling with addiction and I'm going to have to take a particular approach. You just went in with a knowledge of principles that you had already tried and tested in your practice with real, actual humans (laughs) and people who are suffering from addiction are actual humans. And so you found that those principles really resonated with them. It also
1: resonated with them because I wasn't speaking to them as addicts, and I would say to them, "Right, I'm a addict, okay, you're you're this, you're that, you're blah, 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 blah." I mean, so I didn't come at them in that narrow, unfortunate place. I, I right. just a friend, okay, and uh, and it was an accident because I didn't know, I did not know who they were or what I should say, I did not know what they were. I I didn't
0: know. Which illuminates another principle, and that is the labels are not always that useful.
1: Yeah.
0: And the label of human might be more fitting than anything else we can make up for them.
1: Yes. Yes. Or
0: for us. You know, it's not even a them. It's us. Right? Yeah. That's how humans operate. And along this idea of the principles, so there's there's a five-part process that happens to get principles into our lives. And, and you were talking about that. It, these five steps are that you have to encounter the principle first. Where are you going to run into it? If some people don't even know where to look. And they might stumble across it on a video or a podcast, or they hear someone speak, or somebody gave them a book, or they hit rock bottom, go to the hospital, and some skilled counselor introduces the principle. But so you have to encounter and then you have to recognize that principle. Because if it's presented to you in a language you don't even understand, not gonna make any difference. You have created your books in english and in in a, a format that is very brief and digestible and clear and concise that's also that people can recognize the principles so they're not buried in some heavy text and then after you recognize then you have to embrace the principle which means you get it into your programming into your neural pathways because knowing about a principle is different from actually programming your brain around that principle. Then the next step, obviously, is to live that principle, apply it in your life, because that's when it makes the difference. You can have it in your heart and head all day long, but until it gets into your shoes and walks around in your life, it doesn't matter, right? So live. And then the fifth step is to share that principle. Once it changes your own life, You feel compelled to get out there and put it in the lives of other people. Absolutely. And and you just beautifully expressed that, Arlene, as you're thinking about these nuggets that you have created, these these books, these tools, and the principles that they carry. Now, how can you share it more? And I heard that energy in your voice as you were looking for, how do I now get this to more people? So maybe you can relate to that. I mean, the, the that five-part process by which principles get into our lives. Yes. You've had some experience with these principles personally, too. What difference have they made in your life?
1: I'm sorry, say that again?
0: You've had some experience with these principles personally as well.
1: I I certainly have. You know, you get to a certain age. And your perspective is longer in the past and you can recognize growth and you Mm -hmm. can have a tremendous amount of growth when you're 18 in the same way that you would when you get to be 28, 38, 48, whatever, whatever it may be. Um, I want to quote Albert Einstein, because I think this is a good place to quote Albert Einstein. Yeah. But Einstein said that imagination is more important than knowledge.
0: Interesting.
1: Isn't it? Yes. Imagination more important than knowledge. And Albert's a guy Mm. who knew a couple of things, you know. Right. Yeah.
0: When you understand the role, you you know, I was picturing, actually, that group that you were facilitating. I got a little image in my mind. I was using my own imagination to picture these people. and, And picturing young, energetic, creatively driven people using their imagination for positive outcomes. It's in our imagination that we first create. Absolutely. What is to be, and that in I've fact,
1: made that soap chain?
0: Yes, <laughs> and anything else you're referring to a chain that I carved out of a bar of ivory soap? Yeah.
1: Yes, that's Which true. how crazy is that? It's such an example, though. Of well, the the foundation for anything has to be desire. You have to want right. it, okay? right? Okay, so Once once we have the foundation of desire. And we get it in our head and I can't imagine being this crazy. I'm going to take a bar of ivory soap and I'm going to make a chain out of it. I mean, at that point, maybe your twin sister or somebody should have suggested some good therapy for you. I don't know. But it looks like you made a very fine soap chain. <clears throat> but it was the idea, the desire, the imagination, all of those components that allow people to be more than just what they have had put in there. And who knows where all that information came from? Your parents, teachers, a movie, a, a picture. There's a lot of stuff in there, you know. Right. And, and it gets to be confusing. And one of the things that I found uh, <clears throat> being a group facilitator, which I didn't know I was the group facilitator until they told me that's what I was. T- I said, I am. <laughs> oh, okay.
0: uh, right
1: i mean I, I mean, what the hell is a group facilitator um <laughs> i would do things i would say things to them like one person said oh you know this is ridiculous this is my seventh time in treatment and i would say wow congratulations and he would look at me like because it was something to be ashamed of and i said to him heck no what you're saying is you're not giving up so that little change in perspective
0: just a little tweak yeah
1: mattered to him right you know he went from being ashamed to having a sense of pride and that helped me to better understand what i knew i really didn't understand i'm not a drug addict i i didn't prostitute myself for drugs i did i didn't have those experiences but what I did have and what I do share with every other us is desire and, and imagination and, and, and love and fear and all of these things. And you just put things very poetically, if I can say. I don't want to sound like I'm you know, trying to buddy you up here. But, I'm <laughs> up. but I, I think, I don't know if it was you or me that said, you're not your circumstances right you're not your circumstances you're you and and you have a choice and when you went through that whole what is and how people can think about how it could be worse how it could be but i was reading all that and i was like wow this is stuff i hadn't thought about at all
0: mm.
1: so i thank you for that because that was very interesting to me because you get to a point where you think You know, what else is there to possibly be a brand new thought? Yeah. And that was a brand new thought for me. It really was.
0: Well, Arlene, thank you for the work that you're doing to introduce these principles to people who would not have found them. Right. Without you and without your effort. And I think that goes for all of us, you know, in whatever role we play. We we get those principles inside our own hearts and minds and we program it into our own brain. And then we are naturally called to share it because it's not about us, it's about all of us yes. collectively. Yeah. Arlene, thank you for for coming today to Live on Purpose Radio and for sharing some of your wisdom and expertise. I want to make sure people have a way to connect with you. And I know you've got a website where your books are available and some other resources that you're so freely sharing. Uh, Tell me if I've got this right. Recoverycoachforlife.com.
1: And I would also like people to look at breakthroughhypnosis.org.
0: Breakthroughhypnosis.org. Okay. And what will they find when they go to your website?
1: Well, when they go to Recovery Coach for Life, which is F-O-R for dot com, they're going to see the covers of the book and a little bit about them. Uh, they're going to be able to find a telephone number where they can actually call me if they would like to order a book. I'll pay for the shipping. Um, I'll answer the phone, wow. you know, because uh, I really I, I really want to get this out there because they're. People don't have a resource. I mean, I have combed through Barnes and Noble, looking for a playbook, if you will.
0: Mm-hmm. What can
1: I do? Okay, I'm I'm your, I'm your coach. I should be able to tell you this is what you need to do. So that's what I did in these books, chapter by chapter.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you for that generous offer. Once again, folks, Recovery Coach for Life, spell it out, F-O-R, and it's all one word, recoverycoachforlife.com. Yes. And that's where you can connect, Arnie. Hey, take her up on her offer to call her, too. Absolutely. Let's let's get her phone ringing because she's got some resources that I think are making a big difference. And Arlene, I just appreciate your willingness to so generously share with our audience today. Thank you for coming to Live on Purpose Radio.
1: Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to just speak with you and and have you be um, as enthusiastic for me as I am for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: It's been good. Folks, you've heard it. It's time to apply it. Let's go live on purpose. Did you get what you came for? Give yourself the gift of taking real action on what you realized today. Please share this episode with someone you know would value it and leave us a rating too. It's time now to live on purpose.